Yeah. Just gonna start because I'm frantic. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> it's another edition of Contemplating Cocktails with Keith, thinking That's and drinking. Thinking and drinking. <laughs> the <laughs> best part about the day. Normally I point at you. Yeah. And I didn't. I just right? kept talking. Right? My we fault. Got it. But um, it's Keith. We know who you are now, right? It's I hope been so. We've, something. Yeah, team. we're like 14 right now, 13 or 14. We've built quite the. I mean, we always had a good rapport, but I think the rapport is, uh, has developed to the point where, you know, subconscious communication is going to start working out well and that's what's happening ladies and gentlemen it is as if you're hearing it live so it's live on tape real very little edits and that's another thing very little edits so yeah fourth wall again right uh if it's quite semi echoey we are in the blue room this mm-hmm. is the blue room point two of the corner house of which uh malik lives and I have a blanket to my right to kind of cut down on the echo. The babysitter will be showing up in a few minutes. Uh, Woogie is asleep. Woogie is what I call Raiden, who dances, and so it's Boogie Woogie, but I didn't want to call him something that referenced Boogie. Boogie. <laughs> don't so. want that tra- you don't want that nickname to follow along. Like I've got my sister's always been the munchkin, and now her uh, her daughter's the smidgen. So, I mean, See, those, these things, they carry on. Yeah. She was the munchkin, now it's the smidgen. And those are the things I was trying to think about future thought. I'm right. Like, all right, let's, how is he going to be picked on? Those bad nicknames. All right, so we had some fun, mm-hmm. and we're going to have some more. What are we going to talk? What spirit is on the docket today? So today we're coming full circle with tequila. Tequila. So, so now a lot of you have started out, hopefully you all started out with episode one and two, where we had, did this great two-part series, a <laughs> great <one> story, <laughs> a wonderful story, and then Mezcal went along with it, which is one of my personal favorite spirits. Well, we're gonna, today we're going to talk about kind of Mezcal's other half, tequila. Now these are these are two things that go very closely together, but they're distinctly different. So, so once you listen to this episode, if you haven't listened to episodes one and two, go back and listen to episodes one and two. And it goes together because they reference each other a lot. Yeah. So what is the similarity with mezcal to tequila? Okay. So mezcal, as we talked about, is agave. Yeah. But Did it you can see be used. My mouth moving. Yeah. It was, it was like. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. It's like I'm like I. Let he's him talk. <laughs> This is this is part of the fun with what we do here. Is like, we have a dialogue. It's it's all important. This is the dialogue is huge. Nonverbals. Uh, so we've got a so mezcal and tequila are our cousins. Mezcal is made from agave. So there's thousands of varieties of agave, just as there are varieties of different wheat and different types of rye. So there's there's all these thousands of varieties of all these different things. Mother Nature and her infinite blessings has created all this stuff that also makes booze, which makes it kind of fun. Agave, agave, the agave cactus is one of those truly perfect plants for doing what humans like to do best and arguably what created society in the first place, which is get a little tipsy. That's that's what that's what we do. Get a little as a, tipsy yeah. and then get a little dipsy. Exactly. You exactly. know what I mean. Hubba 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 hubba. What? So that's what life is. It's what it is. I mean, that's it's the circle of life, right? I mean, but yeah. with with mezcal and tequila, what we have mezcal can be made from any of the types of agave, and it comes from a particular region, Oaxaca. The Oaxaca region of Mexico is where mezcal is primarily made. Did we talk about the Oaxaca sleeping potion as a cocktail? We didn't. We didn't. Oh, okay. But uh, it's definitely one we'll talk about a little bit later once we once we get to our cocktail. 
funny that you should say that. It's a little glimpse into the future. Oh. That's our cocktail for today. Oh. So okay. we're going to, because it's got tequila and mezcal. It's got two things that go Sorry. really well together. That's just fine. So with. That makes sense because we, you're, yes. you're a planner. I, I look just at this an stuff. idea, man. <laughs> it <laughs> takes us both to make a good, to make a good podcast. So, because, you know. ruining your, uh, it's teamwork. Price. It's teamwork. So tequila. So a, tequila oh, comes from the agave that comes from the cactus. Right. So they're all cactus. Yes. And then why is mezcal, mezcal, and tequila, tequila? And what I'm doing is doing a little recap as we bring it right. together. So right. I'm trying to force yeah, the yeah. issue. Exactly. So I don't mean to be. Yeah. Tequila, tequila is made from 100, is from made from blue agave. So that is the that is the the specific definition of tequila has to be made from the blue agave. So you've got a really particular plant, which is one of a many like obviously there's a lot of different varieties, but tequila has to be the blue agave, which is different from the other agaves and that it grows. You're using something that grows in kind of a uniform fashion. And it also has higher, it has more sugar in it. It has more of that the kind of... The blue one The does. blue agave has more does sugar than the blue than agave only grow in a certain area of the earth? It, it does. It grows, it grows primarily in... So there's a region that tequila comes from. And it's the same thing. It's just like when we, what we have with France with different appellations where you've got Armagnac, Cognac. They have to come from a very particular region. Right. Tequila has to come from a very, very particular region. Um, and you, what you get is a... You have you have these. It comes from the Jalisco State in Mexico. So you're looking at northern Mexico. You're looking at a little bit higher altitudes. You know you've got you've got the the plains, and then you've got it's moving into the foothills of the Chihuahua Mountains. So you've got this huge mountain Hold range. Hold on a second. Yeah. There's Chihuahua Mountains. Yeah. You mean that little bitty dog has a mountain range? <laughs> Where do you think the name came from? I didn't know. Right. It's just, oh, it's a beautiful mountain range. It's Chihuahua. A, the Chihuahua Mountains. What does Chihuahua mean? Do you know? I don't Let's, know off I'm the top gonna, of my head. I think we could Chihuahua. do it. We should so do some live googling here. So when you get above the Chihuahua Mountains, <laughs> you're basically into the United States. <laughs> when you go, the Chihuahuas go but into southern, the a, southern U.S. Oh, above them. But what I above I meant where the agave grows. Right. So the agave grows in the there's there's a lot of plain there's a lot of plains leading up to it because just like with uh, if you if you imagine kind of uh, how the United States how like the how the United States we've got the the Great Continental Divide we've got like all of a sudden this big mountain range comes up out of the Midwestern plains yeah you've got a north to south version of that uh, with Mexico where you've got a lot of plains on either side of this mountain range that kind of straddles the southern U.S. and northern Mexico and it is. Gorgeous. I mean, I, I've spent a, I've spent a decent amount of time down there. I've traveled a lot in the southwestern United States and northern Mexico, and it is absolutely. You get these crazy alpine regions down there, yeah. so it's something you normally wouldn't imagine. Like you, you know, kind of we as in our kind of northern climes, we picture Mexico as this super arid, dry, flat. dusty desert, yeah, flat. Desert beautiful mountain ranges with tons of pine trees and all these really this really varied i mean you can find places that look like the amazon jungle down there so please please native spanish speaking people Mm -hmm. i put it in a search engine don't send hate mail right interjection i chihuahua (laughs) expression of surprise or shock sure i chihuahua I didn't hear you coming. Expression of dismay, annoyance, or resignation. So that has nothing to do with the mountains, right. but it does kind of give name to why the dog would be what it Exactly. Is, they're very right? excitable. Mostly they're pretty excitable little dogs. But those dogs, I think, have a pretty long history. Because, I mean, you've got something like the conquistadors brought dogs to 
brought dogs to the continental, you know, the, the Americas basically. So you got Spanish folks coming in there in the 1600s, 1500s, 1600s. They brought dogs and a lot of the areas they wanted something that was a little bit smaller. They didn't want these giant Spanish hunting dogs. So they started breeding them to be smaller and smaller. Well, it makes sense too, because it's kind of like this little bit of tiny alarm system that goes right. off. So Chihuahua is a state in northern Mexico, Mexico, mostly high plateau. Mm-hmm. So that's my ignorance being transformed by a search engine. There you go. Thank See you very that. much. That's when they're helpful. That is when they're helpful. <laughs> so with tequila, what we have is we have something that's produced in this really particular area, and we've got. We've got agave plants that grow. We've got a, a particular type of agave that makes a very special type of mezcal. So you're, we're kind of narrowing this field a little bit. But tequila has such a specific definition because it, like a lot of what we talked about with mezcal was where it kind of came from. Came from these native, like these native beverages, stuff that people have been making for thousands of years in a particular area. And what they did is they took one particular type of this, just like we've done multiple times over civilization. We take something and we narrow it down and we make something because we like something really specific out of it. So tequila has this really interesting history that goes back to like they, they, they know that it's been produced. They have the first recorded production of tequila in 1666 in the continental, in the, in the Americas. Which is 24 years after Columbus got lost. Right. hundred and... Uh, 15. Yeah, we're talking 1492 my, to 1666. Sorry. Yeah. I'm, I mean, you've got the, like, what happened I'm during that time. A, yeah, it's Today's today. recording is after a blitz of emotional right. uh, pulls mm-hmm. on, on, on things. So I apologize. My math, nah, we're get, my math is already yeah, exactly. bad. If, that, if the math is, a pro- <laughs> if the, math is the pro- only problem that results from all this, Malik, then, uh, you know, I think, we're, I think we're winning across the board. So anyway, <laughs> The fact sorry. that you're sitting across from me is impressive. <laughs> <laughs> but what we've got, got these podcasts in there important, right? Yeah, but, but it's you know you've got something that like is a is a direct result. So you've got like what we talked about with the mezcal episode is yes. where we had these Spanish conquistadors yes. and they had this great drink they made from pulque, made from this beer that comes from the agave plant. Yes. So what they did is they took that and they started using these distillation techniques oh, in okay. order to yep. make something specific. So made from the blue agave, the reason this is interesting is we know that in 1666. Someone specifically took this and said, this blue agave makes what I think is the best version of this. I want to replicate it. So instead of just using whatever agave they could lay their hands on, they started really looking at the blue agave. And so, so it's, it's a some, matter of fine-tuning that taste, that flavor, that, exactly. that result, as it were. Because mm-hmm. everyone knows, when, for whatever reason, we're not doctors. Right. If you drink tequila, you have a different thing going on. Exactly. For whatever reason, like that scientific chemical makeup in your body, that, tequila. The way the alcohols interact with the sugars and everything else, it's like it changes. It is something unique, for sure. That kind of uh, the the inebriation that occurs with tequila, we've all experienced it. If you're the a drinking person. The reason why I don't have much to say about this, because yeah. I had this a lot in my 20s, right. and I can't really repeat it now that I have a family. <laughs> right? Right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. And I didn't go overboard. No. But, uh, all right, fun story. I can say this because uh, it's like a weird, like, like I didn't know Malik did that because I don't talk about it. I was in a dance troupe. Mm-hmm. So uh, I had some friends at the time uh, led by Joe Bell, which was probably a guy about 2, 250. Okay. Big guy, did karate, so pretty agile, but yeah. 
that big guy that right. could probably do ballet if he did ballet, that kind of right. thing. You and know, yeah, you know yeah. the, that video of the guy that does the ballet thing? Have you I've seen, seen that exactly guy? what you're so talking about. So if he did more, he would be that guy. Right. We would fund the shit out of him. Right. But, but it was, but it was, <laughs> we would also be impressed. Unexpected. <laughs> right. Right. So we were in a dance group. We had that. We had, I think, a Lebanese guy because his card ran out and he had to go back and he lied to us and just said he was visiting family when he really knew he was never coming back. Oh. Uh, we had a, uh, a Puerto Rican. Mm hmm. And uh, my Puerto Rican friend, uh, Tito, I'll okay. call him out because I will say it to his face. Yeah. So stereotypical. Like, he's the cartoon. And he, he's, you know, whatever. He drinks Hennessy. Not, is it Hennessy? Not Hennessy. Uh, Heineken. Heineken. Got but it. Like 30 of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Has a good time. His voice gets higher right. and higher and higher. So, like, he was in the group. And he was the guy. He was the Chihuahua, actually, even though he was Puerto Rican. Because we always had to calm him the down. Right, like we really it was like I'm, especially a dance troupe you've I, already got a lot of energy right. going I'm, in right i'm the guy will that will like lead the charge and then watch what happens mm -hmm. he just would go We'd be like bro not <laughs> like it's still nine o'clock bro like we've got we've got hours left and you're gonna peak <laughs> and that might mean jail by the right. time we get to normal stuff <laughs> you're gonna be over somebody's shoulder by the time we get to the rest of the night like can you please calm down dial it back to be 10 like, da, da, Right. So uh, that was kind of a makeup of, of the group. And we opened for a touring uh, uh, strippers. Group. Okay. Yeah. So we were the people with the clothes on. Right. Opening for the people that took their clothes off. Right. So the and audience. I, <laughs> so I remember, uh, you know, Jim Beam just wasn't worth kicking it anymore. I'm like, we need tequila. Mm -hmm. And so I remember the first time that I did this, I'm such an asshole. Uh, they started getting looking. They're like, we need a glass and like salt. And I'm like, you guys are a bunch of wimps. Knock it off. Either from the bottle or from the cap. Right. Nothing else. Nothing else. And they're like, what? I'm like, don't be a wimp. Right. Come on, fuckers. And right. that was pretty much it. Yeah. Now, I'm not a big guy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> And you're going up against the 250-pound guy, I'm right? I'm going up against my whole troop. Right. And they're like, all right. And so, like, and then that's where we, we, not, I know it's not our make, we didn't make this up, but, like, straight to the head. Yeah. We're, like, straight to the head. And that right. was the thing. I'm like, we're going to do something. We're not going to put training wheels on right. it and all this other stuff. We're going to drink it. We're going to take the full flavor, and we're going to enjoy it right <laughs> now. Yeah. And so that was that was why I was that guy. And then I would set these things up, and then I'm like, "All right, Chihuahua, go ahead and go." <laughs> so you were setting it up and just letting the letting the scene unfold. This is yeah. like improv class right here. So uh, it was fun because it was a weird thing. It was so the dichotomy of what we did and what the strippers did was so weird that we had almost as much fan base as the strippers because sure. we put so much work into our dance troupe. Right. And if you ask around, if you know anybody that knows me from back then in the 90s, yeah. there's VHS tape that I haven't even seen oh. of us performing. And we got we opened for uh, uh, clothing stores. Nice. We did mall stores. Yeah. Like so we like we weren't this wasn't one of those things where like, oh yeah, so you just guys got together and no. We right. put you together You paid your friends routines. 25 bucks to go on stage, right? No, we got asked to do got, stuff. Right, exactly. That's but yeah, exactly. That's yeah, the difference. So like, it was a weird uh, thing that we did that, you know, I, I wish we could have done more, mm -hmm. but it wasn't way back. There was no YouTube back then. There was no 
and things like that. I mean, I, I mean, I grew up in that same era, and at that time, that was a thing. Whereas today, if you were talking about having a dance troupe in front of your clothing store opening, like no one would have any idea what you're talking about. But but back then, that was. I mean, there was a trend well, there for what, a while. That Gibson. Was, what's wasn't the, a, I don't know the singer Gibson something Gibson or t- Tiffany oh, or something uh, yeah. like that. Started on a mall mall tour, right? Like that was like that yeah, was uh, where you Debbie Gibson, Debbie Gibson, Debbie Gibson. There you go. And yeah. Tiffany, I right. think, had a mall tour where you just try to set up these things where you get in front of people, mm-hmm. and when you say get in front of people, the people walking by, right? And then they're like, "Oh, that doesn't sound so bad. Oh, I might buy a cassette tape, right? Ooh, that's dating us." <laughs> so I just told you how old yeah. I am. So anyway, tequila. So you guys. Uh, so you drank tequila. And that's where, so you you drank tequila and made the show. And for me, like, drinking for me was never of excess. Mm -hmm. And for me, on a personal level, like, people go, oh, I got so drunk, and then I went and did such and such. When I get buzzed on, it brings me, it it does what it actually chemically does. It's a depressant. Right. I don't get wild drunk. Sure. I don't. I just, I'm mellow. Mm-hmm. And I like to chill. I can do things, and I find, and I found. Um, obviously, I've had my times where I missed it, like by far. <laughs> but I found my little happy pocket, and mm-hmm. I know how to maintain that. And basically, I learned it from Tam's class. Okay, <laughs> right, right, exactly. I'm like, all right, if I, I want to keep this getting level, served, right? If I hit this level, and then do it in this time frame, I I'm can good. be here all day and not have to worry about, you know, what. Being the cut negative off, right? Things and all that stuff. It, and plus, I had my twenties, so there was a level of. I, there were times I did get cut off. Yeah. Anybody that makes know it the part wayside of, the, of um, the? I think it was called the wayside. It went to from that the, this bar on uh, mm-hmm. Kalamazoo over here by uh, the Steakhouse Philly, which uh, it was the wayside. Heard about it. And then it was something else. Blue motorcycles, man. Okay. It was just the. They had one here and one and. Um, Western, I think. Okay, yeah, I was gonna say Kalamazoo had one, didn't yeah. they? Yeah, because I used was... to go. We used to drive down there from Grand Rapids. Oh, they called it Sparty's after it was the Wayside, and it was a five dollar. The one in Kalamazoo used to have. We used to drive down there because it would have five dollar pitchers of mixed drinks. Pitchers, yeah, pitchers of, and you couldn't you couldn't get a Long Island, but you could get a Purple Rain. Right, We've because they had that. rules right. about it. They had rules right. that said you couldn't get a Long Island. But they didn't think far enough ahead to Dude, like good. negate the Purple Rain, which that, is the Long Island, which is a little bit more booze on top. On exactly, top of instead of the Coca Cola. Yeah. So yeah, that's there's a brief history of my tequila. Right. <laughs> and I don't drink it now. No. Not as oh, much. I, yeah, I was gonna say when we did our when we did our secret. Oh, and there's a plug. There's a plug, folks. We did a we we've got a we've got a secret episode that we did that we yeah. just recorded this last weekend, and I brought tequila. Yeah. And Malik did not partake of the tequila, I which did is not. but he tried a little bit of the mezcal. You did try a little bit of the mezcal. Actually, I Had didn't. a sip. You didn't have a sip of that. No. Gotcha. Because I knew the Cosmos would be as good as they. I didn't they know, but I knew if they. Uh. I knew if the Cosmo was as good as I thought it would to be. Mm-hmm. I'm like I don't. I'm not. I'm gonna be useless. Right, fourth wall's coming. Coming, it's being broken again. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna Smile. reiterate. You need to, folks. If you didn't, you know, as I said, you got to go back and listen to episode one and two. You need to listen to the bonus right, episode. Let me get a picture of your smile. You need to listen to the bonus episode because it was <laughs> that Cosmo. Ah, uh, I am, I'm smiling in reverie over this Cosmo. That's it was, it was that good. And I brought some really nice tequila, some great mezcal that may or may not have been given to me by a friend who's from Oaxaca. Um, oh, that's so you know, cool. it was, it was fun. I had, we had some stuff that we had some stuff that, and, and it's interesting because once, you know, 
after I, after I took off and I'm a, you know, we've talked about in other episodes, I'm a big biker. I rode home with the biggest smile on my face. How could you that. have not? I mean, it was like, was, I had, it was it a was, beautiful day. It was a beautiful day. Had a perfect drink, like got to hang out in some company that yeah, was, we had food, we had food. Malik's partner made us the best spread. I mean, it would like when you see the pictures, folks, because the pictures are uh, are now our official. It was so good. The photos have become our new. Yeah, we album jumped ahead. Art. Right, exactly. Before we even let out the podcast, right. we jumped ahead. We're like, we got to use this as a promo show. It was that. It was that good. It was a perfect, perfect day. But all right, so tequila contributed to that. So si- yeah, 1666. Sixty. Yeah, first one. I keep getting that thing. Fourteen ninety two. And then we got. Uh, we have Tequila. it here. We know where it's grown from. Right. And we know a little bit of the disti- distillation process. Exactly. What is there any other factual So there's tidbits? some there's some fun stuff with it. I mean, one of the things that we think about and like these are a couple of uh like Parts of the history that I think are really interesting. So we've all seen sou- when you see Sousa tequila on the shelf. Yes. Okay, so we all know that. S O U Z A. S A U Z A. Yep, exactly. Don Sousa was the first person to import tequila into the United States, 1882. So he was the first one in the 1880s. We know when the first tequila shipment. So this would have been 1865 was the end of slavery. So so I got that one. Exactly. See, there we go. So if you look at where this is in history, it's a long time ago, but rather recent. I mean, and that's that's when the West was really starting. So it's kind of fun because it's like one of those things that came into the United States, came into the Western region of the United States just when. You know, settlers were starting to populate an Hold already populated area. Is this why it had some relevance in movies and Western oh, movies? Oh, without a doubt. That makes sense because it came up during that time of expansion. And Mexico was still, I mean, like California was still part of Mexico. Right. Just at the, I mean, this is, this is barely Texas, California. None of these parts, none of these places were part of the, really the U.S. I mean, they were Mexico. We stole them. I mean, we like, right. you know, the United States went in and, occupied this area with the right. army and said no 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 we want it now and didn't really gave the citizens a vote but didn't really give the citizens a vote but we know that that's when it came into came into the country because we have these shipping records and we have this stuff that shows that like as we started to get so it's really with kind of the the United States as a nation that we can kind of picture it today tequila was one of the first things we brought in and one of the first things that spread throughout the United States. So we have a real, like we tie in very closely. Exactly. So, and so 1850, so California only been a, a part of the United States for 30 years. Yes. At this point. So this is like beginnings. This is the first generation, Texas, California, like these places are first generation where we're starting to import this stuff from Mexico because we had a huge, we had, we still do have super close ties with Mexico. But at that time, we were still, you know, kind of, that was still a no man's land in a lot of ways. So it's still the wild, wild west. Still the wild, wild west. Definitely. 1880s, we're talking like the wild west kind of went on up until like even the 20th century. I mean, you're talking like up into the tens, the teens, the twenties, six shooters and weird saloons. Were still, you know, the 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 uh, the thing that you were seeing out there, but they were drinking a lot of tequila. We think about we think about whiskey being the, like the classic Western thing, but tequila was just as prevalent, or even more so. So the Wild West of the American frontier began after the Civil War in 1865 and ended around 1895. Mm-hmm. So that's that's right. right. That gives it's a, right there a point of reference of why some of these things become what do you call it like. Uh, Pop culture, not right. pop culture per se, but part of the lexicon of the yeah, land. Yeah, they become part. Yeah, 
They become and, part of our cultural the, heritage, right, you know, right. right. And why, you know, that throwing back a shot because it, it, ice isn't easy. Right. Right. You and they think didn't about have that. it very much. I mean, ice, it was there, but. Yeah, but it's not. When I say ice isn't easy, yeah. you don't go to QD and get ice. Right. You don't go. You don't just go back and buy ice or you don't go to the, the thing around the corner in the mm-hmm. other room and hit a button and stuff, frozen stuff right. falls out. Like you don't have that. That's a modern convenience. Right. That's super modern convenience. And tequila is good without it. I mean, it doesn't, you know, like I'm a, I'm a big fan head. of, oh, it's the best way to drink it. Yeah. I mean, when you have something that's designed to be drunk that way, I feel like, you know, that whole, and that's as much like what you were talking about with like your early days drinking tequila. That's how I drank all my tequila back in the day. You know, when I was, when I was younger, when I was in my early twenties, I didn't know much about tequila and everybody just, you know, take, taking the shots, have a, have a salted rim or a sugared rim with a slice of lime. I mean, that's what that's what you drank it as a bar. Now the guys that I worked with, because I've always I worked in kitchens a lot at that time, so that was before I made kind of my transition to the front of the house. And this is something that like, you know, part of kind of part of the restaurant landscape. Every kitchen I ever worked in, for the most part, was predominantly Spanish speaking. So like everybody was from Mexico for the most part. You know, South America, Mexico. I mean, just like across the board, it was rare that I worked in. A, I rarely worked in a kitchen where English was the first language. So. We would, I mean, everybody spoke Spanish, and once you got done with work, instead of having that classic, we'd have our classic after-work beers, but then we'd also have some tequila, and that's where I first started drinking it. That makes sense. And so it was something that, like, you know, we're just, we're outside in the parking lot, you know, or we're we're hanging out in the dish tank after work, mm-hmm. and somebody pulls allegedly. out. Allegedly. And this is, you know, I think statute of limitations <laughs> now. I was almost 20 years ago. I'm, it's always allegedly. Allegedly, right, exactly. You know, but... <laughs> We would we would do these things and we would drink we would drink tequila and then we would drink it neat and just drink it straight out of the bottle. That was how we drank. I and didn't, it was it was a really good, it was a great time. So I fell in love with it back non, then. I just didn't know anything about it. And the most non-judgmental <clears> way <throat> I could say this, I've had the tequila with when I say training wheels with the mm-hmm. lime and yeah. lemon and salt and stuff like that. I'm like, that's a pain in the ass to me. Right. And it came to a point in time that sometime in my life where people were like, do this to take a shot. I'm like, look, if I got to do that much work to put a little bit of taste in my mouth, mm-hmm. I don't need it. Right. It's too much work. Because I just want to be to sit somewhere and sip it mm-hmm. or, or or do the gulp it. Like, right. I, there's no, I don't want to, unless I'm making a cocktail. Yeah. So if you want a Oaxaca sleeping potion, I'm going to roll my eyes, but I'm like, that's what they want. Gonna make it. And I'm going to make it, and it's going to be a good cocktail, but I don't call it something where you're like, well, I got to do this in order to drink that. Exactly. It's not the purpose of it. And that's why, you know, find your flavor mm-hmm. is what I say, or at least, you know, kind of open your mind and open your mouth and, f- and try something that you might be able to learn to appreciate once you know the why. Yeah. Because if you think about, and there's bringing this back, where this came from, you know, the where it is on earth of where it came from, it's a prickly beast that you're getting it from anyway. Yeah. So why wouldn't it be a prickly beast while it's going Drinking down your it. gullet? But I mean, tequila, like a silver tequila versus like an unaged whiskey. Like, I don't know if you've ever, like, I know you've tried unaged whiskey, but I'm talking to like our, our audience out there. If you ever had like a, what they call a white whiskey or a white dog, stuff is rough. It is not very good in a lot of ways. There are some exceptions, but it's not that good. A silver tequila, an unaged tequila is infinitely more drinkable than 99% of the white whiskeys out there that I've tried. And that's just because it's the agave plant. It's a little prickly, but it's drinkable. It's, it's drink- got this yeah. natural sweetness to it that is inherent in how it's made. I mean, that's why they use 
blue agave to make this stuff. It makes a great drink. And this is one of those things where like, all right, well, you know, I like margaritas. I'm like, well, take all that stuff out. Mm -hmm. Pour yourself a pour of tequila. Put that one ice cube in it. And I mean a small one, not the big ice cube. Just something that opens it up. When I say opens it up, it's kind of like the, and I'm not a doctor, so whatever. But it kind of, as it melts, it kind of makes it easier. It kind of dilutes it just a little bit. I don't mean a big ice cube. Right. Something that is a small, I don't know, fits, you know, the pad of your pinky. Right. Type of ice, size ice cube. A chunk of an ice cube. And, and that does, that, it's, that's got a scientific reason behind it, too. And that's a reason why, like, with a lot of good scotches, just like with anything, you want to add a little water. And that's why cocktails are kind of a, a perfect a perfect way to be drunk because you've got to add a little bit of water to get the spirit to open up some because you've got all these esters that are inherent in the alcohol. They need to evaporate somewhere. So when you add that water, they're diluting themselves just slightly and they're allowing evaporation so you can smell and taste it a little bit more. You get more out of it you know, when you dilute it that's slightly. That's something that we haven't talked about. Right. Sniff your drink. Sniff your drink. Take it. Oh, Sniff take it. your drink. Sniff your drink. It's so good. Sniff your drink. Oh. Tequila, good tequila. They don't teach that when they talk. They teach it in wine, but they don't teach it in spirits. Oh, I'm a geek for it. Like I'm, I, I stick my nose in the glass. Like I've got my technique where I hold the glass like yeah. up to one nostril, and I kind of give it a good whiff with that nostril. Then I take it down and I sniff it with the other nostril. I get, I get into it because there are some amazing notes you get out of smelling your booze can like you imagine you can, a oh. bumper sticker sniff your drink sniff your drink right people are like what in the actual that could be the new see that sniff, could be another that could be the uh contemplating like, cocktails bumper sniff stick. your drink ccwk right because no one knows what contemplating cocktails with Keith Keith, right exactly be, especially when you just give it letters <laughs> and be like sniff your drink ccwk what is this what, is, <laughs> what kind of tarnation right. thing is going on right, over so here what you're gonna have to do folks is like <laughs> if you want it we will build it <laughs> you know like we, we will make it we will it'll be a great bumper sticker so i mean we got our marketing our marketing department will be on that the moment you uh and by marketing department i mean malik and keith <laughs> But All that's right. sniff your drink. Sniff your drink. So now we've sniffed the tequila. We've sniffed we the tequila. We're gonna get. It. So we're gonna make something really interesting out of it, which is one of my favorite, one of one of my absolute favorite drinks of all time. We've got what's called the Oaxaca Sleeping Potion, and the reason it's the Oaxaca Sleeping Potion is because it's got mezcal and tequila both in this drink. And Oaxaca is the region technically that mezcal is more is from but o-a-x-a-c-a is one of those cool sounding and looking names like when you write it down and then when you see it so if you ever see that o-a-x-a-c-a that is pronounced oaxaca and that's and that's a local that's the that's from the quiche language which is kind of the local the local language in that area that was there long before any like normal civil like you know what we consider to be western civilization came along Oaxaca is kind of one of these neat remnants. So you've got these like old Mayan tongues, like even the name tequila, which is another little fun side note, came from this Aztec goddess um, who birthed 400 drunken rabbit babies. Whoa. So that's kind of fun. But you've got this Oaxaca. You've got this like... Imagine 400, like this is like part of a, I, a pantheon. That's Forget, I, all I could say was, whoa. Yeah. 400 drunken <laughs> Four, rabbit babies. 400 anything, now they're drunken rabbit babies. It's fun. That's a I lot mean, that's, going on. And I mean, if you imagine we've, you know, if you've, if you've ever been, if you've ever gotten really intoxicated on tequila, you could come up with a reason like that for its inception. <laughs> like if you're trying to create a myth, you know, and it's like, I mean, I have, uh, I have definitely uh, had my fair share over the years and 
I could see where I would come up with a myth like that. Damn. But what you got in this, you've got a so this drink that we're going to talk about is kind of a this this drink is a culmination of those myths. So you've got two things. So the you know they they say one of the things with the four hundred drunken rabbit babies are those were supposedly the four hundred types of agave that grew, right? So tequila is this perfect version from the blue agave. Okay. So what you're going to do, so first thing you've got to do is you've got to venture a little further outside of your box than you normally would. You need to go to, you need to, go to a grocery store. Um, you can find it pretty much at any grocery store. I, I suggest going to a nice local Mexican grocer, and you're going to look for Mexican chocolate. And usually the, the brand that I usually pick up just because I know it's everywhere is called Abuelita. And it's little granny, little auntie, and it's got a picture of a really. It looks like it's like Swiss Miss, but the lady looks like she makes better hot chocolate than that crazy <laughs> Swiss girl. Like I don't, I don't trust anybody with like I don't trust anybody who's gonna wear that much to make me hot chocolate. Like that seems like a lot of work. The abuelita looks much more honest in her. She's got glasses. She's very cute. But it's a it's a type of chocolate. It's a semi sweet chocolate. And as most people know, chocolate is kind of a it's a it is something that definitely comes from Mexico. That is that is where it originated. Semi sweet chocolate. Semi sweet chocolate. This isn't, with, yeah, this is not this isn't sweet. The, this isn't at the end of your uh, grocery aisle chocolate. Exactly. This isn't Ghirardelli. This isn't anything. This is a semi sweet chocolate yeah. with spices added to it. Yes. And so what you're gonna do is you're gonna take you're gonna take one of those. And they usually the they have it. They sell it in little pouches and they also sell it in a powdered form. The pouches yield about a six to eight ounce cup. So what you want to do is take one of those pouches and you want to mix it with a little bit of steamed milk. And you want to stir it up really well. I add about four ounces of steamed milk to the chocolate, get it stirred up really well. Then you're going to take an ounce of tequila and an okay, ounce of mezcal. Wait, hold on a second. He breezed over that. That takes work. It does. Take your time. Take your time. Stir, stir it up lot, really, really well. There's actually a uh, there's there's a really specific there there there's a specific tool uh, that you can get if you really want to get into this and making this chocolate. Because once you try it, like th- I don't I don't I don't have hot chocolate at home anymore. This is what I have at home. And there's a tool that they make, and a lot of people will pick them up as tourist gifts from Mexico, but it's like a whisk with wooden rings on it just to mix up the chocolate because you want to mix this stuff really well. You want to make it frothy. You, if To really do it right, that's why I suggest steamed milk if possible. You really need to put some work into it. Take a whisk and just mix this stuff until you your get arms get tired. Right, yeah. exactly. You got to get into it. Then you're going to take an ounce of tequila and an ounce of mezcal. You're going to mix it in with the milk and the hot chocolate. So now you've already got this like warm, you've already got this warm drink. Now you mix in the tequila and the mezcal. Then you're going to add a half an ounce of any type of orange liqueur that you've got handy. If you've got Cointreau handy, if you've got Bauchant handy, if you've got Grand Marnier handy, add a half ounce of that because that citrus comes out a little bit. After our uh, Cosmo thing, Mm -hmm. I went and took a swig of the uh, Cointreau. Yeah. And I was like, right. It's good. No. No, you didn't, didn't like enjoy it? it? Oh. I was like, I think I'd rather have Bouchant right now. Right. And I love the Bouchant. That's my personal favorite. Because, uh, like, it was, and it might have been just the fact that it was taking, having a cocktail and then mm-hmm. going back to the deconstruction side right, of things. Right. It, I'm, I'm, I'm allowing that to be part of it, but I was just like, I don't think I would drink that over ice. No, but Bachant you would. And Bachant's uh yeah, I mean yeah. it's it's a lot like and we're talking about a really specific type of it's a French liqueur, it's called Bachant. It's sort of a cousin to the Cointreaux and uh, the Grand Marniers of the world and it's half the price because it doesn't pay a lot for marketing. So it doesn't have the name recognition that Cointreaux and Grand Marnier does, but the quality I believe is 
just half as good or better. Price? It's half the price. Because that thirty yeah, was expensive. Yeah, thirty six forty dollars a bottle. Yeah. And then Bouchon is eighteen to twenty one. Shut the front door. That's why I prefer Bouchon. It's just hard to find. And then I went to two liquor stores. Right. To get to find it. Uh, to get even Cointreau. Yeah. And then they didn't even know. And mm-hmm. then there was the. I can. It's fair to say the language barrier. They yeah. saw the brown bottle. They're like bourbon. I'm like, no, it's a liqueur. Right. They're like bourbon. I'm like, orange liqueur. Right. Yes, bourbon. And I went, how much? Right. Like I'm we're right. done. Right. Like, this is what I want. Cool. This but that's, is it. That's yeah. one of those things. So you've got these. You've got these ingredients. You've got your tequila. You got one ounce tequila, one ounce of mezcal, half ounce of the, of an orange liqueur. Mix it into about six ounces of six ounces of this chocolate and milk mixture. Now. You're starting to think milk and tequila. That doesn't seem. That's not something you wouldn't just take your nice glass, cold glass of vitamin D, and <laughs> dump a dump, you know, some some Patron in there and say, ah, oh, this is perfect, and just slam that back and taste good. When these things come together, they make something that is one of my favorite drinks on the planet. I call it the Oaxaca Sleeping Potion, um, and it is it is it's chocolatey, but it's it's rich at the same time. That bit of mezcal and tequila, the smokiness, they cut some of that richness a little bit, so it's not an overwhelming drink. It's a perfect drink for like a, and then for a does fall that, evening. Does the uh, the liqueur, does that add, like I'm imagining that it adds a little bit of sweetness to mm-hmm. take off, to balance out the tartness. And the it's, citrus helps a lot too. Yes. So that orange, okay. the orange part is what I think really is the, the key to that. Um, you could replicate it by adding an orange peel, but just go with the orange liqueur. You're going to have a better time. Uh, it makes it, it cuts some of the, it cuts some of the the lactic sugars in the at and, and the, remember the now, folks, if you're doing math, that's two and a half ounces of liquor in one drink. Exactly. So remember that while you got you're a strong drink. you got a strong drink going. Yeah, that's more than most cocktails are supposed and to be. You're gonna serve it warm, so that's the other right. thing is you're gonna serve this warm. You can serve it cold. You can make these in advance. Put them in the fridge if you're having a party, especially like a summer party, and you want something is sort of like the end of the night drink. You know, when you're like, okay, I'm going to serve these. That'll put everybody goes home. You know, yeah. everybody leaves or whatever. Everybody goes and retires to their corner of the house. This is that perfect thing you can serve. And you can also pick up at a lot of Mexican grocers, you can pick up these really neat clay cups, really small clay cups. Uh, and they make a perfect vessel for serving these. And they're a dollar each because they're just a really rough clay. They look beautiful. Have you seen these in handies? Uh, I haven't seen them in handy. Oh, actually, they do have a couple in handies. I just saw them. I was just in there yesterday, and I did see a couple behind the counter. Um, Don Poncho Market out on Cedar has a collection. They have like a few different ones out there. It's another great market. Um, there's a few uh, Supermercado Estrella, which is out uh, on Old Twenty Seven. They have them also. Don Poncho has the kind of broadest collection of these. But they're is that on, tw- on Cedar. Yep, it's on cedar. Or old they look, or yeah. Or they look like they look like uh, they look like little planters, like little tiny right, planters. So, we so they're they're great. Yeah, we're I finishing it up. Honey. Yeah, there you I go. I just got hungry and now I want tacos. Got it. <laughs> so they make and Don Pancho <laughs> makes the best. Oh man, a plug for all these spots. <laughs> so what we've got. So once again, Oaxaca sleeping potion. Great. So take Abuelita Mexican chocolate, one ounce of tequila, one ounce of mezcal, half an ounce of an orange liqueur, milk. Mix those things together, and you've got something that can really just transport you. It allows both of those spirits, the main spirits, tequila and the mezcal, they're cousins. They go well together in this sense. There's not a lot of drinks where you can mix these two very easily because usually the mezcal will way overpower the tequila. This is one of those times where they work really, really well together. And you make something greater than the whole, the sum of its parts. And that's the uh, yep, goal, right? Yes, yes. Tequila should be drunk on its own in most cases, but then you add something like this to it, and oh, it gets so good. 
And and I'll end on this. It sounds like one of those things where like, and this is what uh, my partner gave me the best compliment after the Cosmo thing. She's like, that was a great drink. I know there was alcohol in it, but mm-hmm. I couldn't taste yeah. it. And that was a really good drink. And she was, you know, she, she was, she had to go to bed. Right, what I'm right, saying. She right. Had, she had to take a nap. Yeah. I know you didn't help when you were feeding her the mezcal, but yeah. I was a little. We, we did. Uh, Malik's partner and I were drinking a little mezcal and tequila as we were watching yeah. the watching the fun the fun happen, which was one of those experiences. That's All that's right. what drinks should be. Yes. Yeah, so that sounds like the Oaxaca sleeping potion, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much for tuning in and having this fun journey around the world and throughout time. That's a show. Yeah.